Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeff Broger, and I am here with Peter Shrubamade. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on today. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? Yes. Well, uh, as you said, my name's Pete. I'm from boxbrowdy.com. I'm from down under, I guess you'd call it. Uh, I live in a place called the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. And I am the Global Director of Sales, Marketing and Revenue at boxbrowdy.com. We're a property technology. We used to be a startup. I I don't think we can call ourselves that anymore, but you know, about a, a four or five year old company out of Australia. Awesome. And what got you into the real estate industry? Uh, actually, my brother. My brother got me into the real estate industry. He was a developer slash builder in my hometown, which is further up north here in Queensland, if you know the territory. Now, I realize you've spent a bit of time here, but for the listeners, yeah, that's the sort of uh, northeastern side of Australia. He was a builder developer and he, he was having a lot of trouble dealing with agents who were charged with selling his stock. So, you know, he would build new houses and put them into it. And he said to me one day, why don't you turn up to one of my open for inspection houses? And in in Queensland, the state I'm in, we're allowed to sell up up to six houses before we need to be licensed. Um, So I turned up to actually more than one. I did a whole day worth of open homes for him in a market where he wasn't selling. And I sold three of them on the first weekend, which you could put... (laughs) put down to beginner's luck. But what it turned out to be is in that particular area, for whatever reason, the agents had fallen into a bad habit of deceiving the purchaser or lying to them about the, the things. And I guess I, I'd come in very green and um, was unassuming. And, you know, I'd just tell them about the property as it sat there. And if I didn't know something, I said, I'd get back to them and I would. And, and they end up placing contracts on those. So yeah, it was my brother. My brother got me into real estate when I was 19. So that's 22 years ago, a long time. Wow. Imagine that. You tell the truth and people trust you. Actually yeah, purchase. Go, go figure. Yeah, <laughs> seems, go silly. figure. <laughs> seems silly, but it worked for me the whole way through. Yeah, that's right. So then you had a, about a 20-year career in real estate sales. And what landed you into Box Brownie? How did that, uh, that begin? Yeah. Yeah. So my real estate career meandered all the way through sales principal, or you'd call that a broker over there, um, broker owner of multiple offices here in Australia. And then I eventually ended up with what we call an investment property or investment sales group. So homes that don't exist, quite a large company. And I was the operations manager for that. And ironically, um, I resigned my job, not because I wasn't enjoying it. I was getting a little bit burned out from the travel that I would have to do. There was also a hotel franchise of about a hundred different different hotels that were there and, and overseeing all of it, um, investment property sales, the build and construction, the long-term rental, the short-term rental, which is the holiday letting and the hotels themselves. So it was a hectic job and I resigned. I was just burnt out and tired. And I'd been shown this box brownie concept two years earlier and I was sitting with my feet up on the couch and all good old Facebook has um, pinged and somebody has said to me, you know, that... <laughs> One of the guys who introduced Box Brownie to me said he was after a personal assistant. And I, I'd kind of wondered what had happened because the concept seemed awesome. Um, and you'll be hearing about that uh, soon, but the concept seemed amazing. 
and I applied for the job. And I have quite an extensive resume by that time with 20 years. As a personal I, assistant? Yeah. I, <laughs> Interesting. I, okay. I got the gig as a personal assistant um, and way back then they couldn't pay me. So <laughs> I was even doing it for free. I believed in the product so much. You're the so. Most, per, most overqualified personal assistant <laughs> in the history of Australia. I can actually type quite fast too. I've got some mean personal assistant skills. <laughs> but yes, that's, that's how I ended up here. Yeah. Interesting. And now you are the global head of sales, right? And yeah. Box Brownie, when I first heard the brand, I thought it was a gift service. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. They're going to send boxes of brownies after the close. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't much... you explain the some of the stories of the disappointed, yeah. primarily disappointed women who showed up looking for a box of brownies at the trade shows you've been to? Yeah, yeah. Well, up until COVID hit, I was traveling uh, 300 days a year in the US. You have that many conferences, believe it or not. So I'd line them up back to back and I'd always get these disappointed women turning up to the stand. Generally, it was before open or on open day because they know that the closing gifts are gone by the end. No one wants to take the stock home and they'd turn up and they'd be expecting chocolate brownies. And of course, uh, that's not what we do. We don't do anything to to do with brownies. Do you know what a box brownie is by, by any chance there's no baking involved they no, don't do anything no. No. yeah let's no, see this it. is this is a box brownie so the brownie camera is what what was colloquially known as the box brownie uh, it was brought, brought out by kodak eastman the, the kodak company back in 1903 and um it was the first time that mums and dads could actually own a camera and the slogan huh. for this camera was, which is shaped like a box, which is why it's known as the box brownie. The slogan for the camera was, you take the photo, we do the rest. And I know you have seen our product list, but for the listeners out there, we we edit images. So that slogan, we haven't got that slogan, by the way, that's not our slogan, but it seemed an appropriate name. The colloquial name for the box brownie seemed to echo or have you know a lot of synergies between what we did. That's cool. See, that's a brand with a story. So for everyone listening, that is the type of deep thought that my agency does for realtors to really tie a deeper meaning to their real estate business. So really cool story. Love that. Super memorable. Very sticky. And now you are offering image editing for one of the biggest problems that no one is talking about. And for a lot of my United States listeners, you might be thinking that, look, Listing photos, I pay a guy, right? Listing luxury listing videos, I pay a guy. Like I pay $1,500 for a luxury listing video. What more could I possibly be doing? But I'm telling you, after doing marketing and lead generation for over four years in this industry, what Peter just showed me and which he's going to show you guys the before and afters of what they're doing with image editing is insane. So I'm going to go ahead and let him just give a little preview of some of the first well, I would speak to the Narfax that you mentioned and then you know, yeah. go into the before and afters. Yeah, so the thing, you know, I suppose the conversation always hangs around what do you do, you know, as a company and we're an image editing company. The problem that we solve in the US or the reason why we should be top of the pile in every brokerage is because the standard of marketing in the US is quite globally. It doesn't hold up to the light for a first world country and certainly the leader of the free world, which is- Wait, but the US isn't the best in everything? (laughs) No, it's not. And it stunned me when I got there. And the story, brief story that goes with that is the first time we came to the US, our brand had been blown up by a company over there called Inman 
which, by the way, for those of you listening, I thought was a gay magazine. Uh, In Man, I thought it was called. <laughs> when they called me up, I wasn't really certain. But they wanted to do an interview, so we did an interview with them. And all of a sudden, the weekend they launched the review of our tech platform, our platform blew up. And we started getting all these people jumping on top of our product. And it was really flattering. And as a result, we came over for Inman Connect in San Francisco. And I believe the year was 2017, the first time we came over. And I had expected the US to be bigger and better and bolder than everything, kind of like Texas for you guys, you know, everything's going to be bigger and, and would blow my mind. And the thing that I, you know, wasn't disappointing, but certainly surprised the heck out of me is when I came over there, the marketing that is done for property in Australia is is far superior to the marketing that's done US. And it's not just Australia Ooh. that, you know, people could pass that off as nationalistic pride. New Zealand is equally as good. The Scandinavian countries, if you really want to have a look at the best in the world, you would go to Denmark, Sweden, those places, the types of marketing that they are doing for property is they are the world leaders at it. So, you know, it, it did take me by surprise when I got there that for years, these things, these steps that I, I was doing as defaults to market a property just didn't exist. And to many of the top producers today, they still don't. They don't know they're there. And I guess you don't know what you don't know if your opposition's not doing it. Why is there any necessity for me to better myself? So, right. you know, that came as a big surprise to us when we first got over there. Yeah, um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it was. You know, you, you come from Australia, you come to the US with this seems like a certain degree of respect for the United States, which I appreciate. I love Australia. I studied abroad there for the listeners who didn't hear our pre-conversation. I lived in Newcastle for six months, studied marketing, had an amazing time, traveled all up and down the East Coast, surfed everywhere in Australia. I love it there. And so yeah, there was right. a certain degree of admiration that you had, you know, for the US and you came to visit and you thought that, you know, Hey, I'm just going to go see what happens. And from your background, seeing all the Australia, not only seeing Australia property marketing, but being an agent for 15, 20 years in Australia marketing properties and the standard that was pretty much just handed to you by everyone else in your competition around you, like, hey, this is what needs to be done. You came with that insight to then walk into the United States and see what we're doing. And you were like, oh, interesting. Yeah. We seem to have a higher standard. Yeah, and I believe it's gotten even deeper. So Box Brownie is now in 104 paying countries. So we operate in those. So I, I have inner, inner dealings with what goes on in the UK. I know where their strengths and weaknesses are. And for those of you who are listening, this is not an open slather dig at the USA, by the way. There are some things that you do that are just second to none. Your lead generation, for example, an Aussie agent could learn, <laughs> throw in plug for Jeff at, at this stage. But yeah, your lead generation, for example, is second to none. And you know, there's a lot of reasons for it and we're not going to delve into them, but the way the market works, you have a unique market, which is only North America really and parts of the upper northern part of Mexico that operate as a dual agent with a buyer's agent and a seller's agent. And then you have anomalies, things that I just can't figure out. The ePro, which is the learning guide for NAR, doesn't include a module on how to market a house. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of you are going to be laughing listening to that. It just doesn't. It was never designed as such a thing. And when you look at the various countries and the way they go about it, it's real estate 101 for us. So when I did my property license all those years ago and nothing's, nothing's changed, the content's altered slightly, real estate 101 says, you know, the module is actually called how to market a house for sale or for lease. So, you know, there are some things that are done differently. So I'm not having a go at the US industry. It just 
has come by surprise and it, it's an actual fact. Like it's, it's not something that can be disputed. If you want to check it out, go to realtor.com or zillow.com, enter your zip code and have a look through the listings there. Then go to realestate.com.au here in Australia and enter my zip code or postcode, which is 4558 and just go through the top 10 listings and focus on what is included in one and what is not included in the other and it'll blow your mind. When you really look at it, it'll blow your mind. So let's go a level deeper. Let's talk about what is missing, even though a lot of my listeners are top brokers and they're paying good money to professional photographers to go fully cover these homes, to do Matterport, to do you know all these different, yep, check, check, check. I did everything yep. that I should yep. for this listing. What's missing? Yeah. What is that gap? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So if I was to compare a top producer or a top broker agent, whatever that person is in the US with a top producer in Australia, there are five things that I look for. We're just talking about the listing marketing. Right. You know, America has a problem dividing the listing marketing from marketing of oneself. So, you know, Jeffrey, for example, mm. super agent in the area that you're in, you will market yourself or Peter, I would go and market myself. We're just talking about the marketing for the house. Top agent in Australia will do five things consistently, and this is on every property. Now, feel free to email me if I'm wrong, but I have never yet met a top agent in the US who will do these five things on every single property. I haven't met one, right. not one. I've met some that right. come close, but they don't all five. So pay close attention to this and you, you might want to write them down because they are the benchmark. Firstly, good imagery. And I, I know instantly people will go, I have a professional photographer. Check, we'll deal with you in a second. So you yes. sit tight. <laughs> Just <But> wait. <laughs> Professional photography is one, and that, that's probably a big one because there's a very small percentage of people in the US who are actually concentrating on the professional output of their photographer. Number two, copy with essential detail. Most good agents will mm. cover that off. They will have detail on the copy. And just if you're listening, that includes things like what are the walls, what is the floor made of, like all essential detail that a purchaser would want to know. Number three is a floor plan. And now that's a huge downer. 95% of you are out straight away because only 5% of MLS listings have a floor plan. Um, no, <laughs> number four, a virtual tour. Now, well, only 20%, according to Zillow, use a virtual tour. And I even think they're skewed because a virtual tour, as I refer to it, is an immersive tour where you're going through, whereas some people in America refer to a virtual tour as a slideshow of pictures. That's not a virtual tour. That's a slideshow. You're show. talking about you can click, you can go into this room, you can yeah, spin that's around, right. you, can, yeah. you can click over there and it takes you to that other room. That's a virtual yep. tour to you. Yep, yep. immersive. Um, yep. And the, the fifth thing is video, which sits, by the way, it sits way down the list. It's the 12th most requested thing by a purchaser. Um, for those of you who are stats people and want to know what I'm speaking to here, the National Association of Realtors, since 2013, every year, does a survey called the Home Buyer and Seller Generational Trends Report. If you are not all over that report, you really should be. On page 60 of the 2020 report, the top things that a purchaser has requested with regards to the sale of a property that's where these stats come from. So video sits at number 12 down the list, yet is one of the most overrated things by selling agents out there. Now, to be specific, I'm talking about what the purchaser wants. So, you know, don't send me hate mail going, Peter, video really works for us on a branding and lead and, you know, generating leads, marketing of oneself. Yes, I'm not dissing video. Please don't get me wrong there. For actually selling the property, your purchasers really don't care that much about it. Just 
Uh, you might need a moment of silence to grieve on that one, but that is the case. So those five things, show me a broker that does that for every property. And, you know, I'm not even talking about our products. Some of those we don't offer. We don't do anything to right. do this is just the observation that I've made. If I show you a top agent in Australia and I point to all of theirs, they will have all of those things done for that. It will be required before the property even hits the market, even in a rising market like the one we're in at the moment where you're selling things before a sign goes up. So, you know, that is the brand, that is the standard of consistency that I'd encourage any top producer to sort of sit in that, in that realm. Which really is a slight raise of standards. You know, a lot of my clients are in their 50s. They have teams for everything, including me, right? They have someone who goes and shoots the, the Matterport. They shoot the drone footage. They shoot the, the property photos. They look nice and bright and crisp. And they then send all those assets to me. I run traffic to them. I generate leads with them. I retarget people forever, right? I do my part. So a lot of our listeners are in that mode where they're, they're maybe A minus or a B plus right now. They're really close. But to take it to that A plus, to raise the standard, it's very interesting to get a perspective from Australia in this case. But then you mentioned Denmark, Sweden, looking outside the US and other markets where they're doing it at a different league, right? And so I want to now circle back to the first point, which is those images. Yeah. So Peter, if you could show them yeah, those before and afters that you showed me where, by the way, just to give you a preview, a photo with an iPhone 11 using this image editing technology came out better than a professional DSLR camera. Incredible. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, if you want to have a look at that, we have it on our blog. So it's iPhone 11 versus DSLR. If you go to our blog and you have a look at that, you can see us bench testing them and you can make your own decision. We actually have right. all of the photos one after the other. And by the way, it's not just an iPhone. The Samsung S10 was the also flavor great. of choice. Yeah, and fantastic. It also beat the DSLR. So the biggest thing we're pointing to is you know, the technology that they're now throwing into these cameras, iPhones, Samsung, and the brain that is behind it is second to none. Like the computer that is now on board an iPhone or a Samsung just mm -hmm. blows the competition out of the market. And by the way, it's not just us thinking that. If you do a quick Google search, on camera companies and their production, they are all scaling back. There are no, if you go through Walmart or, you know, Costco over there and you look for point shoots, they don't exist anymore because <laughs> the iPhone has smashed them out of the ballpark. Yeah, why would they? Exactly. Yeah, and really exactly. quick, but before you dive in deeper on this, I just want to describe how crazy this image editing is and <laughs> the fact that you could potentially, I mean, top brokers might not do this, but you could go through with a tripod in your iPhone and end up with a better result at the end than paying someone $500 to go shoot a house. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. And I mean, there's a stigma attached with turning up with an iPhone to a property. So, you know, for those of totally you who are listing, a stigma. yeah, if, totally if those stigma. of you who are listing 1 million plus properties, until that stigma goes away, <laughs> take it from me, use a professional photographer. But, you know, in line with that, make sure what they're doing is actually professional output. It shouldn't cost you any more. It should be the same. And, and I'm going to go over that now. So yeah. I have, for those, I know this is a podcast, but for those of you who follow on YouTube, and I'd highly recommend you go there, you know, take the photo that we've got in front of you, 
it's not too bad. There's a bunch of things going on with it. But the point I would like to make across the next couple is that you can't see outside the windows. There's a white haze on them. Uh, it's not clear. It's not true to what the eye sees. And in this second property that I've got up in front of you at the moment, there's a blue haze. Same deal. It's also been shot by a professional photographer, but they haven't used the right or the correct technique to capture the image. This property is the same. It's got a really gouty interior that looks very heavy. The property itself looks beautiful, stunning. Multi-million dollar, definitely a luxury listing. Correct. But yet again, for whatever reason, you can't see outside the windows. And that says to me, the photographer have done their best to try and edit the one still shot they've taken, which by the way, we can do the same using an iPhone now, but they haven't used a technique called bracketing. So what happened during COVID is we got a call from a bunch of our clients. We have loads of clients through the US and they called us and they said, we can't get a professional to site. How do we go about doing it? Well, we solved that by finding a bracketing app for a camera. So there's one up on the screen called Camera Pixels Pro. Uh, it's about a $6 app. You use that app, you get a tripod, you get a smartphone mount, you put the smartphone mount, On the tripod, you put the camera in the smartphone mount, say that five times really fast. You put in these settings that we've got here, which really just tells the app what to do. They're giving away the gold right now. If you're not on YouTube watching this and subscribing (laughs) to Steezy Digital, then you are missing out. Yeah. And what you do, what, you know, for those of you who are watching can see is one of our raving fans, Dale Chumley, also a good friend of ours. He was using a a DSLR, a Canon DSLR, and he uses a technique called bracketing. And it's the only technique that a professional photographer should use. So you put the camera on a tripod and you take three or more brackets and the brackets are the photos at different light resolutions now you submit those to an editing company of which box brownie is one wow and for a dollar 60 we edit that into what looks like a professional photo and that the one that you're seeing at the moment jeff that looks professional to you right the fireplace is lit you can see clearly outside the windows what we discovered is and yeah so really really quickly just for the listeners that won't go to youtube and to relate it to them This is similar to the HDR setting that is on iPhone, which initially, by the way, when it first came out, I think that the technology or the lenses weren't quite caught up enough because every time I did it on my iPhone, it was grainy and I didn't like it. So I never switched it on. But what he's showing me is it's either similar or a more advanced version of the same concept where you're taking a darker exposure of the image and then the camera is still on the tripod completely still. So then you take a slightly higher exposure image, which might be more of in the middle. And then you take a high exposure where the image is almost completely white. So if you could imagine that a really dark version, an average version, and then a really bright version. Well, when you put all the best qualities of all those together, that is what I'm now seeing. Boom. Yeah. Crisp. Everything is. Yeah. And well, and that editing process is manual. So HDR is automatic trying to find the high dynamic range. And that's what your iPhone will do. Uh, The manual editing is always better because they can actually see with their eyes what they want to do. So what you're looking at now is the results of that application where you can choose one, two, three. It actually spits out seven of these variant light degrees. And I'll just phase through them here for the people who are watching. This part is from that $6 app. Right? Correct. The seven different exposures of the same image. 
yeah, on the iPhone 11. And obviously we now have a 12, which is even better again. And then put together, it looks like that. And I'm just <laughs> going to cycle between the 11 and the Canon DSLR. Crazy. And the, the, left, iPhone... the 11 is actually more crisp on the image outside of the window. Mm, so what, yeah. what do you call that again, Peter, where you uh, can see through the a, window? Yeah, it's called a window pull. So what we do is we get the darkest image. And if I was to cycle back to the darkest image, can you see how clear the outside is on these two? Yep, yep. Yeah, so that detail we pull out of that. The rest of the detail, you know, we remove shadowing in the room with the higher exposures. We balance the light with some of them. There's, you know, 16, now 17 steps that we do to this image. There's vertical straightening and, and horizontal straightening. But both images are great. But the point that I'd like to make about both of these is that they don't exist very frequently. They're very, very hard to find on an MLS. And that's despite the prevalence of people actually saying to me, top producers saying to me, yes, we've got a professional photographer. Yeah, yeah, you do. You absolutely do. You've got someone who's called a professional who's taking photos, but is their output professional? You know, right. and I'm, I'm cycling right. through you know, another seven images. So you can see here what happens every time we get this, we can deliver true results. And it's the only way to capture property photography because our eyes bracket and the result right. that you're looking at here presents the property in its best light is also the most true to what the eye sees when it gets to the property. So, and that's you know, what I, was I would say it's more yeah, like would, I'm there looking at it. Yeah. And I would argue that if you're not doing this, you're probably not acting in the best interest of the seller because mm. you, your job is to represent the property in the best possible light and get the highest amount of money in the shortest amount of time. You know, all of the things that is probably happening in the marketing at the moment, <laughs> in the market where things are selling for over list price. But, you know, given a normal market, these are things that would typically go on. So that's the photography piece. I certainly hope I haven't insulted anyone, but given you an eye opener as to where your standard should be. Very eye opening. That was... I mean, for anyone that watches on YouTube, you got to comment below how mind-blowing that was because seeing the iPhone 11 against Canon DSLR, multiple thousand dollar camera, and then going through that same post-image editing process is incredible. But I think the big takeaway here is even if you are outsourcing photography, which is great, seller loves it, photographer comes in, nice camera, tripod, right? Kind of stages everything. That's awesome. Still do that. But yeah. the post image editing process is the key, right? And of course, the, the photographer capturing the right amount of exposures prior to so that it can be edited in this way. But did you mention that that could be done for $1.60? Yeah, that's right. The editing process, we charge $1.60. And the reality is your professional photographer, if you know, some professional photographers will do the image, the post editing themselves, some will, and they will take pride in that. That will be something that they do. Make sure it is up to your standards. That's your job right. as the agent. Which could but be a, a new lot standard of, now. Yeah, it could be. But a lot of the agents, will, a lot of the photographers will actually outsource that to us. Our real estate agents aren't our, only, uh, aren't our only client. There are photographers who do 10 shoots a day. Now, it's physically impossible if you're doing 10 shoots a day to then go and edit all of those shoots. So you, you have to have a really good outsourcer. And because of our scale, because of the amount of the volume that we send through, because of the consistency in the price, we have a lot of photographers submitting their images to us and we do that. You know, we will edit it for them. That's amazing. I love that. So you have so much more to talk about, but I think I need to just can it 
and save it for another episode because we could keep blowing people's mind, but this in and of itself is enough to just get people intrigued about box brownie. I mean, yeah. the fact that you can send off photos and have them come back that good for that inexpensive of a service charge. I mean, there's got to be some kind of like massive 10 year subscription that you can't ever break. And you got to give your firstborn child up if you if you miss a payment, right? I mean, a dollar yeah. and 60 cents per image. Yeah, that's right. It is pay as you go. No, we don't charge a subscription. There's no minimum use. There's no give us your credit card and we're going to charge it in monthly installments. <laughs> we don't do that. It's pay as you eat, if you want to call it wow. that. It's a la carte, I think, is the, the word you guys use quite a lot. Where if you do one image tomorrow, it's a $1.60. If you do two images, well, it's $3.20. And your credits, wow. you know, when you upload credits to our account, they never expire. You just use them as you see fit. So, no, we've, we've tried to be as subscription, anti-subscription as we possibly can. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I'm using them for my listings and highly suggest you guys go check out Box Brownie. So, let's call it a day on that because, honestly, you have virtual tours to show. You have decluttering to show. You have, mm. you know, virtual staging you have, you know, you could show that your partnership with DR Horton. I mean, you you showed me so many things prior to this that we could make a season out of just this. So, yeah, well, you know, I'd be more than happy to come back and do that. But, uh, you know, ahead of that, thank you for the time today. And thank you to your listeners. Like, if there's one thing that I can encourage them, regardless of whether you use Box Brownie or not, is to better your marketing in a particular area. Like, actually focus on your listing marketing. How are you doing it? You know, it's a real passion of mine because I know that the end results are you sell a house faster for more money. That's statistically proven fact. There are NAR stats for that. You guys have. There's Australian stats. There's UK stats. It seems to be a common thread that if you market a property well, you will sell that house faster for more and more money. And the reality is there are so many ways that you can do it affordably. So to your listeners out there, I hope you've gotten something out of this. Definitely stay tuned to this podcast because we'll investigate more things down the track that I think you might find valid for your brokerages or for yourself as, as an operational agent. But yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me on board. I really appreciate it. No, absolutely, Peter. Thank you for dropping so much value. Really, I mean, I don't bring other service providers on this podcast unless I think that they're super cutting edge and offering massive value. So happy to spotlight you. And how can listeners contact you or, or learn more about Box Brownie? Yeah, so the website is there, www.boxbrownie.com. Um, that's B-O-X-B-R-O-W-N-I-E. There's 24-7 phone number up the top. There's also a 24-7 chat line and, and an email address, which is hello at boxbrownie.com. Alternately, if you don't like anything I've said today, it's offended you, you want to send me hate mail, my email address is Peter, that's Peter for you guys, at boxbrownie.com. So feel free to send any of that. I have a really distinctive last name, which is Shravamade. If you're listening to this, you'll see it printed. Uh, you can follow me on social, you will see a lot of the handiwork that we do exhibited from time to time. So any of those forums, I'm on all the socials except for Tinder and Grinder. I apologize, ladies and men, <laughs> but you can find me on any of the others. Awesome. Peter does an amazing American accent, by the way. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. I'm going to try to activate my Aussie accent from when I studied abroad. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, Peter. Shulvamade. It's pretty good, actually. It's pretty that's good, huh? better, That's one of the better ones I've heard in some time because, you know, everyone comes up to you in America and they go, good day, mate. And you're like, oh, no, no. You don't. Too much pronunciation. Way too many consonants in that. Yeah, exactly Skip the right. consonants. 
Yeah. G'day. Yeah. G'day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure and uh, you'll definitely be back. So th thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks to everyone. I'll see you soon or talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.